and welcome to Miss Moore Explains. Today's episode is the first in a series on God the Son. As always, if you have any questions, you can send them to me via Twitter at Miss M Explains or via our show page on anchor.fm forward slash Miss Moore Explains. episode we will focus on the titles of God the Son, what they mean and their significance. We're going to be covering Jesus, Emmanuel, Christ, Lord and Master, the Word or Logos, Son of Man, Lamb of God, Light of the World and Rabbi. Number one, the most common name for the Son, Jesus. This name is derived from the Hebrew name Yeshua, and it is linked with another biblical name, Joshua. In Luke 1.31, an angel tells Mary to name her child Jesus, and in Matthew 1.21, an angel tells Joseph to name the child Jesus. Matthew actually focuses more on the naming of Jesus than his birth, which tells us that this name is really important. The name now symbolises saviour and divine power. Jesus, when spoken by Christians, reminds them of his role as the saviour, who allows them salvation, more on that in a future episode, and also allows them to call on his strength and power. Jesus himself states, if you ask the Father anything in my name, he will give it to you, confirming the idea that his name is a source of divine power. Number two. Emmanuel. I have an Emmanuel church in my town. It's a Methodist church. I think I'll cover different denominations of Christianity in a separate episode. They're just so diverse and interesting. Emmanuel as a title for Jesus translates as God is with us. This brings us back to the characteristics of the Trinity when we spoke about God's imminence, presence and him being personal. God being personal is never clearer than when the Bible refers to Jesus as Emmanuel. God is literally here on earth, in the form of Jesus. Number three, Christ. Christ translates as the anointed one or the Messiah. In the Torah, Jewish people are awaiting the Messiah, the Saviour, the Christ. For Christians, whose religion grew out of Judaism, they believe Jesus is that Messiah. The Messiah was foretold to arrive and save humans from sin. While Jews today see themselves as still waiting, Christians believe the Messiah arrived in the form of Jesus, and Christianity grew out of what they believed was the fulfilment of that prophecy. Number four, Lord or Master. Early Christians viewed Jesus as their Lord, and today this term is still used to talk about his lordship over the world. Paul writes in Romans that to view Jesus as your Lord indicates that you have achieved salvation. This should be understood within the context of acting like your Lord, as a leader, someone to emulate. Viewing Jesus as your Lord means that he has become part of everything that you do, and so salvation is achieved. It's definitely not something that you can just say and act how you want. Number five, 
the word or logos. Logos is the Greek for the word and refers to a couple of things. The power of God to speak things into creation through the use of the word, that the word is a separate, distinct being, that the word is God, linking back to the triunity we discussed in episode one. All of this can be summed up in my favourite Bible quote. It's from John 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This Bible passage is pretty important, so I'll just summarise the key messages to take away. Jesus was there with the Father during creation. In his role as the Word, the Father was able to speak all of creation into existence. And the Word is definitely Jesus, as the last line talks about a light in the darkness, a common metaphor for hope. Hope for a mankind awaiting a saviour. six, the Son of Man. We're going to be covering the life of Jesus in much more detail as part of this series on God the Son. But briefly, this title refers to Jesus's humanity, the idea that he was fully human and fully God when he was here on earth. This is pretty important for relatability. Christians have to understand God and the best way for them to do that is to know him as a human like they are. By understanding him, they can become more like him Number seven, the Lamb of God. For you English literature buffs out there, you can no doubt guess the meaning behind this title. A lamb is a common metaphor for a sacrifice, like a lamb to the slaughter. So in this title, Jesus is literally the sacrifice of God. We can draw two meanings from this. Number one, God the Father sent his son to be sacrificed for our sins. And number two, God is being sacrificed for our sins. It's really important to understand the meaning behind this sacrifice. Particularly when we talk about the characteristics of God, Christians point out God's omnibenevolence. If God is all-loving, then they can point to this. They can point to the fact that Jesus was sacrificed as a huge amount of evidence for that love. For God to die in order for us to go to heaven, he must love us. At least that's what Christians say. the light of the world. I feel like we've already covered this a little bit in our section on the word. Light means hope. There are other connotations linked with this title, however. Jesus calls himself this title, and he does so while healing a blind man. He says that he came to the world so that the blind may see. Literally, yes, he just healed a man's sight, but figuratively as well. Seeing in general is linked to the idea of the truth. The blind people in this metaphor are those who have not yet come to see Jesus as the saviour, with seeing people being those who have been saved. For Jesus to say that he has come to the world so that blind men can see tells us that one of his most important roles on earth was to show people how to achieve salvation, to draw attention to the sacrifice he was making and so allow people to see, i.e. be saved.
9. Rabbi. Jesus is a rabbi. Jesus was a teacher. And his teachings and parables are essential to understanding Christianity. Jesus as a rabbi is so important that he gets his very own episode as part of this series. Make sure to tune in in future to hear more about Jesus and his teachings. And now we come to this week's listener question. Tracy in Stourbridge asks, How can God be just if he sends people to hell? Fascinating question, Tracy. Thank you. First of all, not all Christians believe in hell. Secondly, let me ask you this. Would God be more fair if murderers were sent to heaven? I agree, it is by no means a perfect system. That's just my opinion. On the bright side, sinners who have truly repented, are sorry for their sins and see Jesus as the saviour, get to go to heaven. So it's not all bad. Hope that helps, Tracy. Thank you very much for tuning in to Miss Moore Explains. If you have any questions about this episode, suggestions for future topics, or would like to know more about religion in general, please get in touch via Twitter at Miss M Explains, or send a message on anchor.fm forward slash Miss Moore Explains. I'll be back next week to continue God the Sun. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.